got a friend got a friend, yeah. Ain't it good to know you got a friend? Ain't it good to know you got a friend? Oh yeah, yeah, you got a friend. We're gonna have things outside today in this time of conversation let's join together in prayer precious and loving god we thank you for the friends that you provide in our lives the caregivers that come into our lives the people who come along to help us to take care of us precious god help us to be those people for others and thank you for providing those people for us in your son's name i pray amen our scripture today that is uh, a part of this. We're going to use the James Taylor song, You've Got a Friend. I've always been a, a big fan of, of James Taylor and, and, and his music. Um, I just, uh, I love that 70s folk sound. I love acoustic rock. And today, is, as we listen to this song, You've Got a Friend by James Taylor, I want to talk about what friendship really means. I want to talk about what it means for love to fulfill the law. And that's what we're looking at as we deal, interact with, converse with the scripture. Paul's letter to the book of Rome, uh, to the church of Rome in the book of Romans, and it's Romans 13, 8 through 10. You've heard it before this uh, presentation, but I'll read it to you one more time in this conversation. Let, not, let no doubt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others have fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and what other, other commands there may be are summed up in the one command, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Now, every time in my career that I have preached, uh, focusing on the Ten Commandments, there's one thing that I've focused on within this. Uh, the Ten Commandments is, is a strong structure of community living. There's expectations, there's things that we are expected to do, there's things that we are expected to do for others, there are things that we are expected not to do, and things that we are expected not to do to others. And every time that I've worked through the commandments, either as a youth director or as a pastor leading a, a sermon on Sunday mornings, I've focused on this reality that we look at the Ten Commandments as an expectation of living within a greater community. It actually becomes one of the first conversations over how to care for your neighbor. You know, these things that the Apostle Paul has pointed out, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, uh, do not covet. They're things that are leveled out. If you look at them at the base core understanding of the conversation, it's how to respect another person. Uh, you don't commit adultery. Now, 
God bless uh, at this time. Uh, no, I'll, I'll share it this way. I won't go there. I'll share it this way. You know, everybody is in a committed relationship, and within every committed relationship, there's two sides of respect that exist within that relationship. And when you look at the concept of adultery, uh, sometimes there's a third party. So there's three, four sides of respect that are being broken within this. There's a person who disrespects the marriage covenant by stepping outside of their respectful commitment to another person. Uh, there is, if it's the other person involved, there is a disrespect in that way. Um, there is a disrespect that exists outside of the marriage covenant. The, the person that is also commit, uh, participating in, in this act of stepping outside of the marriage covenant, that they are actually being disrespectful to two promises, uh, two promises that have been made to others. So where that I know that there are relationships that fall apart for varying reasons, and they do, and I also know that I, I don't hold a standard that divorce is a, is a sinful act because I have seen some very painful, hurtful, scary situations that have existed that people need to break free from and need to, to get out of. So, but within the covenant, there is a, a, a statement of respect. I will respect you because. I will respect you because. And it's a mutual, not a one-sided, it is a mutual respect. So when when we look at this, we see what it means to live in a community. And, and Paul literally talking about what it, what it means to be respectful to a commitment that you have made or respectful to a commitment that others have made. It's a statement of community living. We look at thou shalt not murder. Well, that, that's a statement of to, to respect human life. Uh, to respect an individual that no matter how frustrated that we are, that we there's not there's no place in our lives that we have to uh, the right to eliminate them. So it becomes once again this conversation of respect, and I I will respect even those that I have a hard time with. I will respect those that even those that I become so frustrated with that I need to be reminded that murder is wrong. I, um, it, it, it's, an, it, it's a statement of respect. You shall not covet is a, once again another statement, a conversation of an issue of respect. And though this is also a two-sided conversation of respect. It's to respect the things that I have and to, to cherish the things that I have enough that I don't long for something that I don't have. Um, it's a statement of respect that I have been blessed. I've been allowed to, to have specific blessings take place in my life. So it's a, a respectful uh, celebration of what I've already been given. Uh, but also, when you look at it, it becomes a level of respect outside of ourselves <clears throat> and it becomes this conversation of respecting that the blessings of others may be solely the the blessing of that person there's things that we are all individually equipped with you know the apostle paul actually addresses this in his letter to the church of corinth as he talks about everything and he's phrasing our worship uh community and the concept of of being a body. 
and he talks about there's some things that a part of the body can do and we should celebrate the things that that specific part of the body can do and there's things that parts of the body can't do and we need to be okay we need to be respectful that those parts of the body can't do those things so we, we look at this conversation we, we tie it in to the ten commandments and we begin to talk about what it means to be respectful to others now Christ comes along and he shares this commandment and, and Paul reiterates the this commandment within his conversation when Christ was in the conversation with the church leaders he he, he moves into this challenge and and this challenge becomes teacher tell me what the greatest commandment is and it's a challenge because whatever he says whatever his statement is the this the these teachers of the church has a has a a comeback for it if christ picks anything singular outside of the commandments they're going to come back with well why isn't this one important well really why isn't this one important oh really you don't think this one's important there's a comeback if Christ gives a singular answer to this challenge that comes to him from the leaders of the temple. So Christ comes back very respectfully. Well, the greatest commandment is this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And then along with that, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So within this conversation, Christ breaks free of the challenging statements because Christ encompasses the Ten Commandments into two basic statements. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. That's the start of the Ten Commandments. Don't, don't use the Lord names in vain. Don't, don't have any other gods before me. It's, it's, a, it's a statement of respect. If, if we say that God is the creator of all things, God is the ruler of all things, God is the provider of all things, if we say that, then this starts out again as a conversation of respect towards the one that provides to us. So if, and if you notice this, Paul's conversation steps out of who God is because they already get it. They already get it. As, as, as Paul is writing to the Church of Rome, they're understanding it at this point, and Paul's trying to fine-tune it. So Paul actually looks at the second half, which, is, which actually tightens in to the concept of living within a respectful community. And when we look at don't commit adultery, be respectful to a, a covenant that you've made. Be respectful to covenants that other people have made. Uh, be respectful. Do not murder. The, yeah, you may not like someone, but there is still uh, this journey that if we, we don't have to like people, but we can find ways to live within respectful community alongside with these dear friends. And then also, don't steal. Don't take away something that's not yours. Respect another person's abilities and properties. And we'll get back into that as I introduce what Paul said to Corinth. And then most of all, that we don't covet. We are respectful to what God has given us. And we're respectful to what God has given others. 
and we can celebrate both. We don't have to long for something that we don't have. And we don't have to be mournful over what someone else has so much that we want to take it or steal it from them. Now, that last thing doesn't mean that we can't grow and improve. And that's okay. We can see things that inspire us and challenge us. But we've seen so many times in so many different ways because we live as human beings that we see individuals that have to deal with the reality that they become so longful of what other people have that they vilify the people that have it. And we, we see that politically. We see that socially. Uh, we see that communally. And Paul's addressing all that. And all of this is a conversation of basic respect. So, what is the greatest example of respect? Well, the greatest example is love. And Christ shares that as he is challenged by the leaders, uh, the, the religious leaders of his time. And his response back to them becomes, you know, I'm going to sum up all the commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. So Paul tightens that up a little bit, and he shares it within the scripture. And he shares it, and whatever other command there may be, are summed up in one commandment. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Now we're going to pull this into the applicable point of our conversation because that's so frequently what I have seen happening within the reality of the world is we've used the commandments to cause harm. Or we have used the commandments to cause hurt and worry and concerns in the lives of other people. And so when I come back, you're going to see me in a different setting. When I come back and share with you even further, we're going to talk about not just how that I've seen this be shifted over that love becomes harmful, but I'm going to talk about ways that we remedy that in our being. So as I shared, we have shifted locations, and we're going to talk about the applicable part of uh, this scripture from the Apostle Paul to the Church of Rome, and, and we talk about the greatest thing is to love your neighbor. And the Apostle Paul shares it in the Scripture. Christ shares it as he shares what the greatest commandment is. And I found this quote today, and it's on our church's Facebook page. It's a quote from John Wesley. What religion do I preach? The religion of love, the law of kindness brought to light by the gospel. What is this good for? To make all who receive it enjoy God and themselves, and to make them, like God, lovers of all. What a beautiful statement. Now, when we combined it with the scriptural part that I shared before as we look at this global moment of this, it really does pull it all together. If, As I shared earlier, if the foundation of the Ten Commandments of the law is how to respect others, if the foundation of that is how to be respectful and to coexist and to work together in our shared 
environment as neighbors in the kingdom of God, if we move forward in the focus of love, then that brings a lot of peace to things. I want to read this again to you one more time. What religion do I preach? The religion of love, the law of kindness brought to light by the gospel. What is this good for? To make others who receive it enjoy God and themselves and to make them like God, lovers of all. The the fear in this, as we look at the equitable point of the respectful, the building of a respectful uh, community, building respectful relationships in our neighbors in the kingdom of God, it becomes this, I'm not worried about what you have. I'm not worried about what I have. I respect you for who you are. You respect me for who I am. And we can move together in love. And the places that I see the greatest struggle is when people lose that respect because there is one relationship that I did not talk about earlier that desires respect, the utmost respect. Well, it's really two. It's the respect of our relationship with God and more importantly, our relationship within ourselves. When, when I see the dissolving of respect, it comes in these moments that I am worried about what I'm going to lose. I'm worried about what I maybe have not attained. And I'm worried about my peace because of these things. Now, this is really crucial because a lot of the debating that I deal with as a pastor, a lot of the debating that I deal with as a citizen in the kingdom of the United States of America, the, the debating that I deal with as a, a just co-followers in this journey of living, it really does boil down to kind of this necessity that things that I have discovered that bring me peace, I need them to be right. And if I see people living peacefully outside of my understanding of that, that scares me. There's fear that builds up in that concept. And as that fear builds up, that fear becomes this thing that I don't trust if I'm right, I don't trust my relationship with God. And I don't trust the person that looks peaceful in places that I don't feel peace. It, again, it really does become the building upon this concept of a, a relationship. And it becomes uh, within this concept of following what the Apostle Paul lays out in the Scripture. I mean, he lays out the the gospel. He, he says that we should not covet our neighbor's wife we don't we don't want to 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 hold this desire of another relationship so much that we fear it it also moves in thou shalt not i'm going to skip one we thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's property our our our, our 
our neighbors exist in these peace and places and with things that we don't feel peaceful with. So we fear them. And then we really do. We get to this place that exists, and I skipped one on purpose. We actually kill our respect and our relationship with our neighbors in the kingdom because of the fear that build up in our lives. Now, not, not physically kill, but spiritually, emotionally, we kill relationships because we don't live in a respectful trust that we are within ourselves who God has made us to be. And if someone else lives outside of that understanding, then God bless. They live within themselves in the identities that God has made them to be. And instead of living in that fear, it really does reconnect to a concept that we need to trust. It's not my place to say if this person is wrong or right, if they're living in peace in their relationship. It's not another person's place to say if I'm wrong or if I'm right as I journey in this journey in my relationship with Jesus Christ. It's this level of respect, but what we see happens so frequently is that respect dissolves because fear sets in. And fear steals from us the beautiful kingdom that both Christ and the Apostle Paul share about. Christ shares that love your Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. And then when the Apostle Paul shares it, to the church of Rome, he cuts out the shenanigans and just hits the point. The greatest commandment is love. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. He just cuts straight to the chase. And it builds into that, this journey of respect. So we've talked about it scripturally. We've talked about how to apply it. And the way to apply it, to wrestle with it, is to just think about these words from John Wesley. What religion do I preach? The religion of love. The law of kindness brought to light by the gospel. What is this good for? To make all who receive it enjoy God and themselves. It's okay to enjoy who you are in the kingdom. And respect that. And to make them, like God, lovers of all. Hold on to these things. Thank you for dealing with these two parts of this conversation, the scriptural, the acclable, and let's go out and find the respect that exists in the kingdom so that we, like God, can be lovers of all. My name is the Reverend Michael Drew Davis. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. God is love. Amen.